0: Hey Zone World, episode 47, featuring 83 Cutlass, let's go in. Hike <sighs> Zone World, I guess this week is 83 Cutlass, the artwork as always is by my man Mike Riley, once again, we're being hosted by Splacetoday.com. Let's,
1: Let's go, go in. Northeast Baltimore, 32nd Street, off to When I was young, it was pretty chill. Most of my family lived there, so it was yeah. like cousins next door, cousins at the other end of the street. A bunch of people in my family, my great-grandmother and my grandmother live like right around the corner from each other. Oh, yeah. It's so like 32nd and 31st head, like boom like 20 of us and shit within oh, wow. like a two block radius all us like grew up real tight when I was younger Yeah. And as we got older split apart like at one time they had to put us out of school because it was too many of us in the same family we went to, <laughs> like where Montebello Lake is we went to the elementary yeah. school right there and like if one of us was in some shit with somebody and we was all in the shit Right. so right. it was like it just became a problem for the school once they was like wait a minute all of y'all fucking related like so if one of y'all fighting and all of y'all oh fuck no 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 then I kept getting put in fucking mental institutions and shit. Really? So, yeah, so they was like, oh shit. I was like a crazy little kid and shit. I went to like all the elementary schools in East Baltimore. Really? Like I went to Shepherd Pratt Elementary Schools. Oh. I went to this shit called Yorkwood up on Northern Parkway. Yeah. I went to this shit called Walter P. Carter off of Old York Road. Oh yeah. I went to this shit called Halford Heights on North North Avenue and Broadway. And then I went to Montebello. Oh wow. Right on Half Road and 32nd. The so crazy part, I didn't go to none of these just through fourth grade. Like from fourth to fifth grade, I went to all of these
0: schools. <laughs> right, right, right. So you had these like mental problems since you were.
1: Yeah, they said I know? was like crazy and shit and shit like that because like I was like, I'm gonna fucking kill people. And then I was like cutting class at an early age. It all started with this one incident, right? My sister's teacher had this like whistle, she would blow her fucking whistle and the kids would know it's time to go. So it's like fourth grade. But I'm already hooking class by then, right? Like, I'm just, like, not going to class. And there's only, like, two other people that would do this shit with me. So we was like, damn, Chad, I got a whistle. Why don't I blow the whistle next to her class and then everybody stand up? This would be real fun. We ain't doing shit but hanging in the halls. Did the shit. Class stand up. We run. Come back a few minutes later. Do the shit again. Nice to you know the bitch is on to us, right? So then she comes out. No, come here. She's trying to, like, snatch the keys from me. But my uh, the whistle I had is on my keys to get in the house. So I'm, like, holding it. Like, no, you can't get this shit. So we, like, pulling back and forth. And next thing you know, somehow she rips away. And it looks like I hit her. But I didn't really hit her. I was just doing like this yeah. with the keys, you know, like, back and forth. Next, to you know, the fucking shit. looks like I slapped at the whole class. Like, oh, shit, he slapped a teacher. By then, I couldn't handle the crowd frenzy of me slapping the teacher. You no, know, as a fourth grade kid, do I want to live down, you know, the rep of slapping the fucking teacher. Yeah. I'm the most vicious kid in school now, you know? I <laughs> slapped the fucking teacher. So I'm like, I'm already hooking class. People think I slapped the teacher. This shit going to be hard to get out of. So then somehow or another, I was just like, man, i will kill all these motherfuckers. I'm sick of this shit. Y'all not going to tell me what to do in this fucking school. You're not going to tell me I slapped the teacher when I didn't. I'm sick of this bullshit. Fuck everybody. But doing this in fourth grade can get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So then they said I needed mental help and shit. I was like, uh, I had behavior problems. And at that time in the 90s, behavior problems meant mental problems. So you had to go to like fucking Shepard Pratt. So then I went there chilling, mm. taking all these fucking drugs and shit. That's depression. What I'm ask. Yeah. Lithium, yeah. Depakote, Ritalin. Shit turned me to a zombie. Get out of that shit. Stop taking the medication. But well, by then I got this rep in school and I'm a fucking nutcase. Cause there ain't too many yeah. kids in black school going to mental institutions at that time. Right. So they thought I was like, seriously fucked. But I really wasn't. I was like, this shit is fucking stupid. That's crazy. In like fifth grade, that's when like I started writing graffiti and shit. Cause I would like watch a lot of hip hop videos, like even when I was younger. Like I was like seven years old, had like a tape collection, all the hardest tapes I steal from everybody in my family, uncles and aunts and shit. Yeah. So like I started doing more graffiti. In the fifth grade, sixth grade, started listening to more different kinds of music. The more I did graffiti, because like, you do graffiti at a young age, you meet a lot of people that's outside of your social range, yeah. you know, from your neighborhood. I was yeah. meeting a lot of different people from way other places, doing way out shit. Next thing you know, I'm in this fucking drug rehab shit, because I'm smoking weed by 11. And mm. this fucking drug rehab, I and mean, this van used to come pick us up every day. It'll go all around the city and grab up all the fucking, like, fucked up kids and shit that's getting high and shit around 12 years old. And take us to this fucking church or Monastery and shit. This shit called Mountain Manor. We just talk and eat snacks and shit and talk about drugs and who's got what. So, did this shit and this van, this one dude, he used to wear a trench coat before the trench coat mafia. And all he did was sniff heroin and shoot heroin. This white dude. One day we get the fucking van with the tape deck. He's like, nah, man, y'all gotta listen to this shit. Plays this Porter's head shit. Changed my fucking life. Mm. After that, I'm stealing paint, markers, and head tapes. All of them. <laughs> everywhere I went. Until I realized they ain't make that many tapes. So I'm doing that. Listening to more music, doing more graffiti. Yeah. Rapping more and shit. Like, writing more rhymes and shit. Because, you know, I wanted to be somebody. Like, what was
0: the graffiti stuff at the time in Baltimore?
1: Like, when I was younger? Like, yeah. Like, uh, mid to late 90s when I really got into it yeah. and shit uh, mostly the people that I looked up to like the dopest motherfuckers was the PA crew and shit like the Paradise Art they was like the dopest it was Mask mm-hmm. M-A-S-K rest in peace to him uh, Daver uh, Jessa uh, the dude Ignite was in there uh, A Wreck is in there oh fuck there's so many people in there shit Some I don't want to leave out fuck I can't remember but yeah, they was, like, the nicest motherfuckers when mm. I was out. Like, they was the best ones. Uh, that dude Aaron and shit, he was in there. They was just always, like, super dope to me, they, their styles and shit. KSW, it was a lot of those dudes, like, Mia, M-E-A-R. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mecca, M-E-C-A. Uh, who else was real big that I used to be like, God damn, like, what the fuck? Uh yeah, that was basically... It. David was, like, my favorite, all-time yeah. favorite. His shit was the dopest to me. Like, I could never get enough of his styles and shit. They was, like, the people I looked up to, like, that I would go looking around. Because my aunt, back when I was young, she had this boyfriend who sold a lot of drugs and shit, right? And he had this place, like, on Maryland and 25th Street. That was my only, like, touchdown spot outside of the hood, like, where I lived at. And I could we could go there, chill, get fucked up. I'm talking fucked up. Like, kids should not be getting this fucked up with adults. Yeah. Like, go in there, bitch, chop heroin. i watched them, like, cut, like, tables full of dope and shit. And we'd be in there just drinking Jack Daniels, smoking all the fucking weed. And I would just get fucked up with them and then go look through alleys. Mm. My aunt, she used to do graffiti back in the day. And she was, like, real into hip-hop. So even in, like, the mid-'90s when real hip-hop shit wasn't really, like, the late-'90s when it wasn't like it used to be in the early-'90s, she still understood what the fuck I was doing. She was cool with it. Yeah. I come over there get fucked up if they handle weed. I roll all they roaches up and shit, smoke a roach blunt. Then go look through alleys all down 25th Street, Maryland Avenue, just looking around like, how the fuck can I get into this? Like, I want to be a part of this shit. Yeah. I want a fucking house with a goddamn historic architecture all in the goddamn layout, you know? Because I fuck with architecture a lot, like interior design and shit. But, like, a lot of my songs I reference, like, Dwell Magazine or, like, Crown Moldings and shit. And it was always what the fuck I wanted. I was like, the way they write, the buildings they write on, the way they built, I want this shit. Yeah. So then I just started doing a bunch of drugs, which Mm. really ruined my fucking life. Getting high, sniffing coke, ecstasy, sometimes ketamine and shit. I was in this real crazy graffiti crew called DEA, and we used to live right up on Madison and McMeekin. We had this apartment. My homeboy, Amon, awake. Everything was graffiti from the floor to the ceiling, inside the tub, the fucking sink and shit.
0: Mm.
1: And we would just get stupid fucked up and do graffiti all the time.
0: Mm.
1: And what was your style like? Real traditional Baltimore. Like, my shit always going lean. It's always gonna be more aggressive and shit. Not really too much happiness and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I could show you some of this shit, you know what I'm saying? Some tags and stuff, but yeah. Like, real traditional Baltimore's type tags and shit. Always studied... And wanted to be like Deva and them, you know, so I always kept my shit leaning. I don't really go with the this way and all of that. Mm. Real fucking uh, symmetrical. Mm. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my shit is like really on point. Mm. Took me a long time to get my styles up. Working on them for years. Just doing graffiti my whole life and shit. I write yeah. most of my raps in graffiti. Yeah. Always wrote it. like I just felt like to be a hip-hop artist when I was young... That's what you had to write like. Right, <laughs> you know, right, you had right, to right. have some style to everything. Yeah. These days, people write on phones and shit, and shit right, got right. no character. Just fonts. You yeah. can change. But yeah. yeah, just doing drugs and doing a lot of graffiti when I was younger. Did the drug thing, like, hit a, hit a wall at Fuck some point? Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, because I became like a crazy like alcoholic and shit. Mm. We used to drink gin and Coke 45. Like, that was the drinks of choice. Like, straight gin, Cold 45 all day. Yeah. Me and my homeboy, Spencer, we were rapping shit, but I was doing a lot of demolition at the time, like vacant house demolition. Mm. Felt like an old crackhead and shit. Like I would drink Keystone Ice, Cold 45, gin, and that was before 12 <laughs> o'clock, and then I go bust a fucking building down with roaches right, right. and rats in it and break the whole building, and I'm smelling like all the vacant houses in the world. Going house, taking shit, I get drunk and do this shit over every fucking day, and the while doing that, getting coked out my mind, Waking up in crazy places. One time I woke up on a sailboat and shit. That's the scariest feeling in the fucking world. Wake up in the bottom of a boat. Ain't no fucking doors or windows. You just wake up like... You just hear this sound like... K-thunk, k-thunk. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Especially I ain't never been on no boat before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck... I'm like yo got me locked in a box I look up see some like attic door thing open that shit and I'm under the fucking bay bridge (laughs) so like being on the bottom of the bay bridge like you opening a a fucking latch and you look up and you just see a gate but it's so far in the sky right right and I'm like yo what the fuck is this but this little room is moving I come upstairs everybody's up there and they like Chad you fucking rock I don't know none of these people names (laughs) my shoes sitting next to a 30 pack of bush beer I don't know nobody's name. Yeah. 20 minutes, man. I was sailing and everything. I was pulling the line, moving <laughs> back and forth and shit. Name why do pull Yes, captain. All types of stupid shit. But yeah, life was just going too far. Like, wake up in fucking... Wake up in a hospital. Wake up in jail. Wake up mm. on a sailboat. Like, shit yeah. was just getting too out of hand. Like, I knew for a fact I was going to die on one of them occasions. Tried to go swimming in Lake Montebello one time. <laughs> that shit was crazy up for 2 days sniffing coke and doing ecstasy mm. did you feel like
0: there was like an underlying reason that was happening or was it just happening that's what was oh like i just
1: around. grew up in a real fucked up situation like mm. my home situation yes. like i never know i just met my father like last year for the first time in my life mm. and not know and i having no father my mother wasn't really in my life and i had too much freedom like i didn't have no type of discipline like start smoking weed when i was 11 running the streets, doing whatever the fuck I wanted, because, like, mm. nobody gave a fuck. And you, you Were you, like, living with your grandmother? Living with my grandmother, living okay. with my aunt, living yeah. with my mother, just flopped back and forth, back mm. and forth, but this is at, like, young ages, like, from 11 to 12 on up. Right, right, right. So I never really had, like, a stable, stable environment. It was always, like, this is it for now. Right, Until right, something right. happened, you know. Yeah. And living with my grandmother, I mean, I could do what the hell I want. Like, my grandmother wasn't going to do shit. Like I'm in a basement, like what can she really do? Like, don't smoke weed. Right. Don't right, sniff right, cocaine. Right. Like my grandmother, like so sensitive, she don't even want to deal with the fact that I'm sniffing cocaine. Yeah. You know, like yeah. she couldn't even imagine that shit. So it's like shit was fucked up and just like raising my fucking self and shit, mm. you know? So it was like raising myself, trying to be an artist, trying to be something and shit. Yeah. Bum ass education, bullshit, fucking resource resource resourceless neighborhood and shit I lived in like just like what the fuck am I going to do but then like always doing art and being an artist always saying like the other side of life like wow this could be this like like wow like damn like I'm living like fucking poverty stricken for real like nothing to eat and shit but then I like go look at the fucking sculpture garden and shit just walking down the street through John Hopkins and I just be like, damn, these motherfuckers' studios cost more than it takes for me to live every fucking day. like right, right. Like, damn, just a place to do this. But then it's like, shit's possible. Like, fuck this. You know, like, I want to do something else. Even if I don't be rich enough, I just want to live a different life. Like, don't want to be like my fucking uncles and shit, just sniff dope and shit and get high. Right, right, you know? right. Ain't too many males in my family. My grandfather was an artist. He dipped the fuck out when I was, like, 11. Married this young chick from jamaica he was like a latin, he a latin percussionist play like vibraphones and all that shit oh, okay. he dipped the fuck out moved to florida never came back died ain't never come back yeah you know Seeing how his life went living here people just shit on you you don't really get the opportunities you need he's like fuck this shit i just right. wish it ain't take him till he was like 60 to realize it right or right 50 right. or however old he was yeah Basically, I was just like, this, enough is enough. Then my little cousin got killed and shit. She got raped and strangled to death and shit in the park oh, down yeah. the street from my house. Fucked up because my, my best friend and shit, who I did all of the drinking with, that was his little sister. Mm. So, yeah, that shit was fucked up. Then their mother died a brutal death when they was young, and their grandmother died in between it and shit. Like, every woman in their house died and shit. And it was just like, yo, this shit. And I lived basically with them. Yeah. Their grandfather was the one I did all the demolition for. We was like, real family. And after that, it was just like, what the fuck, like... I'm a lot more fortunate to other people. You know, like, she had a great life. Like, her mother fucking died and shit, and that was fucked up, but other than that, she was taken care of, and she just lost her fucking life, and I'm just like, damn, I'm out here just fucking up, risking my shit, throwing my dick in the street every night, and it's like, I got a chance, and I had to re-remember, like, what the fuck? I was always making beats and shit, making music through getting fucked up and shit, but I never, yeah. I never took it to the next level. I never put the music out. I never got a show booked or nothing. I was just making hella shit. Then when I got clean, that's when I was like, fuck this. And I put that EP together, put the shit together myself, because that's the way I was always doing it. You know, like the way I grew up, wasn't nobody doing the shit I was doing where I lived at. I ain't really had no friends that was into it like that. Like maybe even into graffiti or into that, but not into like hip hop. So I did all the shit myself. I ain't had no fucking choice. Yeah. Like, I was coming up, it wasn't no internet shit like that and all right, that. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't just make a bunch of friends and get a bunch of beats and shit. It's right, like, right, right. I started doing shit on the verge of, like, when uh, tape, four-track and eight-track recorders was still being sold. Like, right, right. You know, like, yeah. back when it was like, all right, I need to get one of these, and it's then the third, before I knew about headroom or microphones, frequencies and all that shit. I was doing this shit then, fucking ordering a whole bunch of catalogs and shit when I was a kid, like, all through my get-high years, being a child, like, from 11 to twelve. Pro sound and stage lighting magazines and shit. Every fucking thing I could order about music. Because all through my life it was just music. Like I, I fucked with that shit when I was younger. I remember when the Jukebox Network first came out, I was fucking addicted. Couldn't stop after that. Well, like, well, what was your,
0: to back up a little bit, I guess, what was the music that you, that really spoke to you? I guess you said, you said, oh, throughout my life. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Definitely like shit to start off. Like back when I was like real young, cause at my great grandmother's house, that's where everybody went, played cards and shit. My grandmother and all them, they just listened to, like old music, like 45 type shit. Like Solomon Burke, bunch of Aretha Franklin shit, New Birth, uh, Al Green. Uh, who else would they used to listen to? Hella. Uh, Etta James and shit like that. Yeah. And I would like, like some of that shit. And I'd be like, damn, this shit is dope as fuck. But at the same time, I was young, so I was still listening like shit with my uncles, like N.W.A. At the same time, and like uh, D.O.C. when he went solo, had that shit, the formula, and it's getting funky when that shit came out. And then Cool C, the glamorous life, yeah. fucking uh, all of the slick Rick shit, you know, the, all the storytelling, all of those shits, the videos you had for the songs, all of that shit was fucking crazy. maine was out, like. All of that shit was out, and I listened to that shit during the daytime and at nighttime with my grandmother at the card parties. I listened to like all of the old shit, yeah, all the old soul shit, and then fucking uh, Joe Tex, that crazy shit, and like steal drinks and shit. That's what we used to do because mm. it was like eight us, so we was like stealing <laughs> drinks, stealing beers, and listening to this old shit with our parents because we couldn't leave. Yeah, so like just doing that shit. As I got a little older, like twelve or thirteen, mind you. <laughs> This was a little older for me. About like 12 or 13, I could start picking apart the music myself. Like, my aunt had all of the CDs, so I would just listen to all kinds of shit. Maxine Brown, uh, Jose Feliciano, Walter Jackson. That's when I started to get more into like the secular music, like the shit before Soul, when it was still like, kind of like, uh, what the fuck it was, like, more like ballads and shit. Like, right, it was right, like right. It was like more structure to the song, like more orchestra was like orientated into the beats and whatnot. So like Maxine Brown, Irma Thomas and shit like that. I started getting like more into that shit, like fifties. Then I got older, wanted more of that shit, then I started getting into like people older like than that, like uh like fucking like the chain gang music and all like the Alan Lomax yeah. archives and collections and shit. Start moving more and more into that type of shit. Then I started listening to like more African music and like music from around the world and then I started making beats and shit and then I just like went from there. That was just all the other shit, but like the hip-hop there was like the, the the best shit was like Eric B and Rakim, that shit, the NWA shit, then when Wu-Tang came out, I was a crazy Wu-Tang fanatic, couldn't get enough of Wu-Tang, like yeah. Ghostface, all of the singles he put out, like single projects he put out and shit, all of the Raekwon projects and shit, the RZA ones, the Bobby Digital, even the first Bobby Digital was fucking phenomenal, even yeah. like Wu Syndicate from Virginia and shit, we was fucking with them real heavy, yeah. all of the Killer B shit, you know what I'm saying? The Prince Paul shit. Like, all of that shit. Like, I was so into Wu-Tang. Like, that was my favorite shit. Yeah, yeah. And and what was it, like, with, say, like, Portishead? head? What
0: was it that you said it changed your life? Kind
1: of. Oh, yeah, just to hear the beats and, like, the sadness and the emotion. Yeah. Like, that shit was just, like, fucking phenomenal. Like, at that time when Porter's head shit was out, like, it was nothing else was like that. Yeah. Like, the, the, the beats and the shit, it was, like, dark-ass fucking hip-hop beats, but it was, like, traditional hip hop sounds and breaks and shit that they was using just doing them in a different way but it was just like damn this shit is fucking phenomenal like the beats and the way she sung it was just like damn this shit could make you like want to kill somebody and cry at the same time i was just like (laughs) i never felt this many emotions from a new kind of music i was so used to like crying over old soul shit you know drinking i was like wow this is like fucking phenomenal like i've never heard no shit like that and then then all throughout the 90s you still didn't hear nothing, like, you heard imitations and shit, but I was like, wow, this is shit. Yeah, definitely. So as you start
0: to, you like you said, like, take the step from, like, just messing around to, like, all right, I got to yeah,
1: put was project That was together. 2008. I was okay. grown as fuck, I had, like, two kids and shit by then. Yeah. But that's when I decided to stop getting fucked up, and that's when mm-hmm. I was like, let me put some shit out. But what happened, working at the Paper Moon... Uh, my homeboy, I was working with John Jones and shit. So, John Jones, we used to talk about music and shit all the time, rap and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, get drunk. I would rap. He, like, did. He was, like, really into music and play instruments. He he went on to uh, be the bass player for Dope Body. Oh, yeah. yeah so, yeah. one day after I sobered up and all that shit, I was at Subway on 33rd St. Paul, St. John's, like, yo, we ain't seen each other in so long. Like, what the fuck is up? I was like, stopped getting fucked up, start doing more music. He's like, me too. And next thing you know, after that, I went to this party at the penthouse, like, at the copycat. Went there. Man, Next nice thing you know, we hooked up. But I, I was cool with Spank Rock since, like, back in the day, too. Yeah. So I went to a few shows. I knew the scene and what the fuck was up.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. But I had to branch apart from that, you know, to get sober and shit, you feel me? Right, right. So right. I got sober, figured that shit out, hooked up with John. He introduced me to Greg from the Rap Dragons and then we just took it from there and then mm. I started getting more shows like breaking into the scene and all that shit that's when I got uh, best mixtape of the year for my first EP and shit from the city paper what is got your best first of, EP? oh it's uh, no title and shit it's on 83 com. oh okay that's yeah, the one
0: I'm familiar with yeah. I love it I think of it as an album I guess yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah cause it's, it's, it's only 22 yeah. minutes I think that's how I love short <laughs> yeah it was to the point uh, yeah. like and I had put that shit out uh, Nick from the Rap Dragons we recorded that shit at his house okay. I was living on Guilford like right down the street from Yeah. It. so we recorded that shit put that shit out then we went on tour with it next you know we'll come back and I got the Best of Baltimore shit and that's when like more people heard about it yeah I think that's one of the most solid
0: Baltimore releases like ever it's such a, like, solid statement.
1: Of a, you, you know what I mean? Like... It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very cohesive. Yeah. In a yeah. different vein. Like, it's not a... a it doesn't take an easy route to cohesion. It doesn't take, right. you know, the run-of-the-mill steps to making a complete album sound right, solid. Right, 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 right. It's in a totally different, colder, like, vein. Like, more aggressive, more, like, to the point, more direct. But the thing is, being that I've been... Involved with music for so long, and my grandfather was a musician. I would hear like Tito puentes and shit like that that he be playing upstairs and all that shit on the timbales and the vibraphones. Yeah, and then hearing all the older music, I came up around a lot of original music. Like, right, the shit that I always like, like I listen to Walter Jackson on a fucking weekly basis. Like I listen yeah. to Jackie Wilson sometimes on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, but, like so I came up around a lot of original music. Like I say in the new album, like. I was raised to stay away from followers and trends. Like, yeah. I'm not from this generation where biting is so, you know, commonplace. Right. You know, so it's like, art that I, and then being a graffiti artist, like, what the fuck? Like, biting is definitely not accepted. Yeah. So it's like coming up in actual, like, hip-hop artistry as opposed to rap shit. Right. You know? Right, right. So it's like, I was always original. I always had that, you know? But it was like, when I do it now and then it's like come out of nowhere with something like that. You know, it's like, damn, this album's pretty fucking solid, but it's not sounding like anything else. Right, it's not right, even right. dated. Like, you can listen to that album when it came out, or you can listen to it now, and it has no reflection of when it was made. Like, yeah, oh, I it, was it was made when new. this shit was yeah. hot or when this right, was hot. Right. Even though you, like, you checked the record, nobody was even releasing EPs in Baltimore until I did that shit. When I did that shit, and people say, oh, this motherfucker came out of nowhere, and he got, like, this fucking recognition, next thing you know, everybody had an EP. But yeah, before yeah. that day, in, like, 2012, wasn't nobody on EPs. Everybody's trying to give you super-duper long mixtapes. Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. Like, what a lot of what I like about your style on that album, and, and the newer songs I've heard live and stuff, is, like, this is a rule I have. Like, if you... If you want your shit to sound magnificent, don't say the word magnificent in the verse. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right.
1: Like, Like if you want the ladies to dance to it, don't say, ladies, this your song. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right. I hate
0: that shit. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like there's this abstraction in a good way on that project, but it's like, it's never spelled out for you in the sense of like,
1: Coming with some abstract lyrical damage, Yeah, yeah, you know, like, like I'm not yeah, I'm not like, like, you know, yeah, telling you what I think you should think about this shit. Right, like, right, right. Rock Kim said that shit one time. He was saying something something to the effect of, like, if your shit is hard, you shouldn't have to say in the rap, this is this shit is hard. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. if it's hard, it's hard. Like you yeah. don't have to tell people that this shit is gonna be hard. Like they will decide for you. Right, right, like, right. It's just a waste of space, like, I don't do none of that shit. Like, I try not to take the easy way out. And that's just from... My whole life, I never had an easy way out. Like, I ain't no yeah. father. Mother was there half the time. Living on my own. Like, trying to figure shit out. Doing drugs. Like, taking the hard way all the time. Shoveling fucking buildings the fucking rubble and shit. Like, doing the Natty Bow factory and shit. Sometimes with no boots, just tennis shoes. Like, I just... Sometimes I ask myself out. And I took the hard way. But I realized how to do shit the right way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I don't really know the best way... But I know how to take my time and detail that work and get it done. Yeah. And that basically comes from graffiti and shit. Like, graffiti, every letter has got to be the epitome of graffiti. So if you put a tag with four letters and three of them get wiped out and there's only one letter there, that one letter should look like graffiti. Right, it shouldn't right, be because right. you put an arrow on the end or you put some funky colored marker, <laughs> you know, or some shit right. you got from Urban Outfitters, a stencil. Like, that shit... Every piece should, you know, epitomize that shit to the fullest and be a representation of that. And that's how I came up, like, learning how to do shit, you know, graffiti, learning how to be an artist, learning how to perfect things in small dosages to build the bigger, you know, as opposed to half-assing a bunch of shit and trying to put it together and then slapping a stick on it saying, this is hip-hop because it's a mixtape. Like, yeah, whatever. That shit is some treadmill template type shit. Right, right, right. (laughs) Running in place in a space that it belongs to somebody else. Like, I don't do that shit. Like, I learned how to do it the hard way and do it the right way. Mm. Before it was computers generating all of this shit, you know, when you had to do that shit yourself. So, that's yeah. the one thing that helped me out, make me come with an original concept and do my own thing. I can't yeah. really speak nobody else's life. That would be the hardest shit ever. Right, and right. That's too right. much. I got too much other shit. I got kids <laughs> <Yeah>. and shit. <laughs> can't be, like, trying to figure out what somebody else is thinking. Like, yeah, yeah. So, that tour, like, what was that tour like? Oh, that tour was fucking hell. It was great, but it was fucking hell. Because, mm. see, Greg and Nick ain't know. It. We went on a tour. It was, like, from New York. Then we did, like, Baltimore, North Carolina, North Carolina. I think South Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Beach. uh, Fucking Florida, Atlanta, Alabama. And then back up the same way, doing the same places. Like, different shows. Though. So, when we came back from, like, Florida... Hit Alabama, hit Atlanta, hit Athens, Georgia, went up, skipped South Carolina, go back to like Raleigh or Chapel Hill, do something like that, then hit uh, D.C., and then went home. But it was hell, because I ain't fucking never been on the road before. Hmm. Like, I literally, like, not on the road. I have not been in a car that long hmm. on the highway yeah, in my motherfucking life. Yeah, I ain't yeah. never even been on a plane before. Right, So, right. being in a car, man, I'm thinking we're going to die fucking Track the trailer skin all oh, fuck out of me. I'm I'm like panicking. I'm like going fucking ape shit in there like what the fuck y'all trying to kill me? Like yeah. that shit was crazy. Then smoking weed the whole fucking way and shit you know like Nick had the weed on him but still I'm just like this shit is too much. Then not shitting on my own toilet and shit. Yeah. And those were, that was the cons like that was the bad part but the upside was performing for so many different people in different places like that shit was what made it worth it like when you go into the place and shit and everybody got their little preconceived notions of what's what and then when the fucking music come on and the lights cut off and shit and then they just start getting in, nice and know you are just seeing people change, saying like, damn, really doing it. Like Yeah. Like I never got no bad reviews or not even people walking away or no shit. Like Right, right, right. When I perform, motherfuckers listen, so I was like, Wow, like just to see like something I create by myself can, like, reach this many different people in, like, a sincere, genuine way. Yeah. As opposed to, like, lying to people or making some party shit that's, like, only applies to, like, you know, uh, a fucking spotlight that everybody's already spotlighting and shit. Like, it's too many party songs, too much of this shit. Crap shit. It's, it's so much of that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, when you do something that's totally different and you're honest with yourself about it, regardless of what it is, if you're honest with yourself about it and people honestly react to it in a positive way, it make you feel extra good. Like, wow, like... You really understand me as a person and not just, like, what I'm trying to portray to you as an artist. Yeah, yeah. Like, what kind of shows was it that you guys were playing? Oh, we were, um, like, a bunch of different venues. We played this one place in Richmond. That's how I met P.T. Burnham and shit. And then we played this place called The Milestone in Charlotte. That was a real good one. Oh, the Nick Rocks in Alabama and Birmingham. That was a real good one. Let me see. What oh, was some other good ones? The football shit in fucking uh St. Petersburg, Florida wasn't bad either. Mm. The uh the fucking JR's in Philly was the motherfucking shit. Mm. That was one of the illest places I ever been in my life. People probably can't even perform there no more. So it's on like 22nd in Pussatonk or some shit. Shit was bad ass. It's like some real deal shit. I would definitely want to perform. I would be honored to perform there again. Yeah. And they give you 100% of the door.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a question I've asked a couple people on this podcast. I, I don't have kids and I always wonder about it. What, what is it like having kids and tr- doing something like that? Like going on tour? Or like, it's
1: different. You know, you can't do all the things you think you can do when you got kids. You know, you got, but at the same time, like having kids, they want to see you succeed and do the do do great shit. Like they want. Yeah. Want, it's like family, you know. They want the best for you. You know, you might always can't have the perfect opportunity, but ain't no such thing as that shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's pretty chill. They understand what it is, you know, and what I'm doing. So it's like they don't really see it because they kids, you know, they right, can't right, really go right. to shows and shit like that and bars whatnot, you know. But. I mean, it's pretty chill. They like it. They understand it. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, having kids, having somebody, you know, that looks up to you, you don't want to keep beating your head against a brick wall neither, you know? Right, right. I'm doing this music and this shit's not working out. I got kids to feed, you know? Right, right, right. So it's like, to a certain extent, you can't really put everything you got into, into doing music because you
0: just don't have the kind of time. I feel like all the time there's so much pressure from everybody to stop. Not not, not on purpose, but just... There's a, that whole thing of, like... Oh, you're still doing music, huh? Like,
1: mm mm-hmm. But,
0: yeah. like, like... And I feel like if you had kids, people would just look at it, like, that much more. Like, what like, are you Like, yeah, doing you got kids.
1: It? Why are you doing this shit? <laughs> right, right. And my thing is, I didn't thought about this shit before everybody thought about it. Before I had kids, I thought about it. When I was having kids, like... I'm about to have a baby. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know? And it's always that, but then it's like... Even when all the bills are paid, all the kids got what they want, what do you do then? Right, right, right. I still like to do music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's like, shit, do I just stop because I have kids upstairs and they're like, just looking around like, <laughs> you guys okay? They're like, yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna go make this beat. And they're like, okay. And I'm just like, <laughs> right, right. but I shouldn't be doing this because I have children. Like, why the fuck shouldn't I yeah, be doing this? Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: Totally. Like, ah, the world may never know. Maybe in some ways, it seems like, to someone that doesn't have kids, it seems, like, harder than it actually is.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, having kids is definitely hard. Don't let me take anything away from that. Right. You know, but to people who don't have kids, it's always a bunch of crazy shit. Like, oh, I don't know, what the fuck are you going on? like, ain't that much different than how you grew up, you know? Right, right. So, like, nine years old shit's kind of a blur, you know? Yeah, But at the same time, you don't want your kids to look at you like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Right, right, right.
0: You were saying, like, this, the self-titled EP, like, it kind of got
1: love locally.
0: Yeah, like, I got
1: uh, people in, like, the city pavement, like, people locally, like, heard it. Because I started, I was doing shows, like... Right around the time when he came out, you know. Yeah. But I had the EP in the bag for a minute. I just didn't have it all recorded. Because yeah. I couldn't find like a place to record it all. And that's when I met Greg. And we was like, fuck it, let's record it at Nick House. So me and Nick recorded that shit. Put all the songs together. I had everything. Like all of the beats, everything. The way the songs were going to go. I had them all memorized. So I just went straight to doing shows. You know, here and there. Not a lot of shows. I feel like I be getting fucking blackballed and shit. I don't know why the fuck I don't be on all of these shows we're having hella fucking shows and I don't be on none of them I'm like god damn how the fuck does this booking shit work I don't think mm. I'm friends with bookers or something say like when we would, when we did that like
0: wrap Around Robin tour yeah I, I won't name the cities but like there were some cities where like a promoter would be like alright we got we're gonna have you with this person this person and this person and if I'd be like I don't know. Can we look more to see? They'd be like, "That's all there is." (laughs) Like, like in these small towns and shit. And it's like, and it's like, oh, okay. And I feel like in Baltimore, it's the opposite. There's like so many tight acts. Yeah, it's it's just like it's impossible. It's like possible for something that's completely right and would be great for the show to just. Someone will never.
1: Yeah, it's, like, everything is, like, and it's, like, I don't know if that's where the money is, you know, because, like, Baltimore, I guess, the international, like, you know, perspective is uh, the YN club music and right, shit. Right, right. So it's, like, people just come here for, like, uh, like club music, dance music. Like, everything right. is dance, dance, dance. But, like, goddamn, where the fuck is the diversity? Like, everything is supposedly open-minded and, you know, all of this, like, for everyone. But then it's, like, everything is, like, pretty target on, like... Like, you see a bunch of shows like, damn, it's just one way. You know, it's like either really fucking experimental and crazy and you just so incohesive. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Like, it feels like my thoughts are running into each other in this bitch. Like, you know, just head on collisions all in my mind all the time through bad sound systems. Or it's some shit where it's just too much dance shit. Like, I can't dance all fucking night. Right, right, right. It's either too much fucking dance shit or too goddamn experimental I can't even understand can't even perceive the shit yeah I'm just like are they finished yet I don't even know (laughs) this motherfucker is licking the keyboard like I don't know should I clap donate a dollar leave I don't know what the fuck is going on right now right right but yeah I don't know I I guess I need some booking friends oh man but yeah when I first started I was getting a few shows here and there then we did the tour shit started getting a few more shows and shit you know getting a lot of love in different places and shit that worked out pretty well. Got some decent write ups on the first show on the first show of the tour at Public Assembly in Brooklyn. So that was oh, pretty cool. decent and shit.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Was there a release between
0: the self titled EP and what you got coming up? Or, or nope, no, no. Okay.
1: I think a lot of people, well, a few people I know, tell me I I disappeared and shit for a while. That's what people told me. Yeah, like <laughs> people tell me I disappeared, but I was like. Where the fuck did I go? Right, right, right. I still seen these motherfuckers (laughs) all the time. But I guess, like, musically, I disappeared because I didn't release shit. Like, But I was, like, going through some serious life problems, you know, like, Mm. getting older. Like, when you hit, like, 30 and shit ain't working, it's different than 25 and shit ain't working. Like, I'm talking, like, fucking had children getting older, feeling more suicidal by the second, Mm. like, starting to drink again and shit like I was just going through so much shit not having no fucking real friends all my real homies they went on with life you know I still see them but shit ain't like it used to be you know right, fucking right. kids getting older money not being right like what the fuck then like whole Station North shit like all I did was fucking get drunk Station North was a bunch of buzz. it was like where the right. fuck <laughs> ain't been so much up before you start getting <laughs> fucked up and then you, everybody yeah. knows, keep doing fucking drinking, once you, you're going to sm- sniff some cocaine, yeah. I mean, after you just keep drinking, you're going to sniff some cocaine. Yeah. You gotta sniff some cocaine. <laughs> Everybody's on Miley. Uh, you want to do something else, alcohol just don't cut it every night. Yeah. I remember you telling me
0: the first day that we met, you were like, yeah, the arts district is sometimes the arts district, but it's always the alcohol and cocaine district. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: all day long. Yeah.
0: crack, whatever you want. It's it's so stupid. It, when you think about it, it's like any given night, it's like, yeah, we're in the arts district. But, like, yeah, some of these people might be artists, but they're all definitely drunk All and addicts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
1: just the addicts, station addicts district. Yeah. Addicts so, of all ages. Yeah. All demographics, even. <laughs> definitely. Like rich people in the bar getting high. Uh, poor people out front begging for money to get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it all comes back to the same pot of cocaine that gets distributed throughout different communities. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. One gets broken down, one gets stepped on, one goes this way, one goes to Rolling Park, and it all comes back to Club Charles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so you felt yourself like sliding back into that a little bit. Fuck
1: yeah, I felt yeah. myself sliding back into that. I felt as though I needed more life experience to make better music. Mm. Like, I was still making songs and like making beats but the thing is like I am not one of these mass production artists type people that like, right. I made a, a really solid project and it was like after like a year people were just like oh where's well, new shit and I'm just like did you listen to 5 Minutes to 5 yeah are like, you can listen to that shit again right now if you want it like it's just like this whole new, 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 right. new, 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 more, more, more. And I'm like, what the fuck? You ain't never see people walking up to Picasso and shit talking about, well, you know, that last Mona Lisa shit was cool, but, you know, if you can like, just paint some more pictures, you know, we need more pictures, more pictures. Like, like, whoa, slow the fuck up. Like, all of these fucking spectators and shit telling me that I need to create more shit, and I would like to create a bunch of shit, but yeah. at the same time, if you're really going to put your heart into something, there's no way you can have a gajillion hearts. Like, some of that shit is gonna get half assed or fucked up or or just done poorly. Like, I'd rather take my time, sit back, and create something great. And then the thing is, if I'm making all of the beats myself, like, it's gonna take me twice as long as it would take anybody else. Absolutely. And then even if I make a great beat, suppose this is the best beat I done made, but I don't have a fucking verse to fit it. And I'm struggling to get through this verse, and then it's like, where's the next verse coming from? And I got two more of those. And then, being that I don't really like to do hooks, I gotta figure out something to do in between to break it up a little bit. You yeah. Know? Add some, like, you know, a mixture of things and not just give it that same repetitive keep rapping, keep rapping, keep rapping. That's a lot of the, what I'm doing on this new album is like, because sometimes the shit just becomes one long run on sentence. I say a bunch of slick shit sometimes, but at the same time, I just need to take a breath. Yeah. You know, less is more sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. And knowing when to say when. Yeah. There's one drummer, he told me, he told me one time, he was like, because his sets, like he just like fucking gymbees and shit sets his phenomenal. This dude named Weedy from St. Louis. He was I was like yo, he sets his phenomenal yo. Like how do you do this? And he was like yo, the best thing I ever learned was knowing when not to drum. Yeah, and I was like okay, I feel you. Yeah, like share the spotlight. But now on this new shit, working on some new songs. That just got clearance and shit. New song coming out. Josie from Black Sage, eighty three Cutlass, Samuel T. Hearn from Future Islands. Yeah, Psychic Death and uh. My homeboy Flat Stanley on SoundCloud. He gonna be uh he helped out with the beat. Oh, cool. It was all like a three three man production on the beat and shit. Yeah. Shit came out dope as fuck. Lots of good stuff. That's like the new single. Yeah, the new st- oh, that's It's awesome. like the new song. It wouldn't even I don't even think it's gonna be on the album more than likely, just because it's dope as fuck and I want this shit on there. Yeah. When you hear this shit, shit is big, man. This shit makes you feel like you wanna listen to it again halfway through the song. Before you even get to the end, you wanna play it over. Yeah, Like, it's, like, something to really be proud of. Some shit that you wake up and clean your house to or, like, stay on the bus out an extra few seconds instead of saying, fuck this job interview. <laughs> yeah. It's one of them, like, highly motivational type of feels to it. It's, like, phenomenal. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we're going to be putting that shit out in the next few weeks, you know, getting all the, like, loose ends sewn up on that, putting that shit out, the uh, Cherry Blossom song. We did, like, 2,000 listens in, like, the first couple days on that song. Nice. That's not even gonna be on the album. Probably just be like a bonus cut yeah. and shit. But then the song I'm putting out another one this week. It's gonna be off the new EP. Definitely putting that out. No name for it yet. We was going with it before the internet existed, but we might put hold off on that one. It's gonna be pretty That's dope. Like, not a lot, not a long track, you yeah. know, but just straight to the point. And it's it's enough. It's definitely enough. Like some real classic hip-hop type shit. Real uh-huh. solid track. Oh, yeah, but because I've been working with my new producer. He's been helping me with a lot of shit. Psychic Death. Psychic fucking, Death? Cool. Yeah, he's pretty fucking dope. Working Is he with from a lot here? Of, No, he's from like Princeton, New Jersey. Oh. Huh. He's only like 18, but he works with a lot of hardware and plays all the instruments itself.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So instead of getting like uh simulated Moog plugins, he's got right, like the right. real ones and shit. Yeah, yeah. And not the remakes, like the shit's from the 70s and shit. Like a lot of fucking like really good amps. Yeah. Uh, out, out, the Secret weapon. It's this rolling machine. I ain't even gonna say the name of this rolling machine (laughs) because everybody else gonna try to go get it. But the shit takes real tape and it's kind of heavy and most people can't find them. But that's like one of the secret weapons behind the vocals. It's gonna go crazy. Wait, what do you you mean it's real tape? The rolling machine that we use? It takes real tape. Like real, real, real tapes? takes real tape. Oh, so you're like That's tracking just the clue. vocals
0: on that? Or... Yeah, we
1: just, yeah, putting the oh, okay. vocals through there. Cool, cool. Shit cool. is fucking dope as fuck. Like, one of my best projects ever. That's why I ain't even really in a rush. We just gonna release a few songs, do more collaborations with really good people from Baltimore, yeah. and then just take it from there. And then probably do some, a lot more shows out of state. Yeah. Baltimore don't really seem to be giving me all the love I need. Man, I I don't know. I feel like that it's not that's not far
0: away. It was like, Baltimore can be fucking frustrating, but like...
1: Yeah, Baltimore, it seems like a lot of times, man, they don't admit it here, but it seemed like shit's got to crack other places before Baltimore's on it. Right. Like, homegrown shit here is always kind of like, you got to get that out of state, you know, yeah. certification before people here like, whoa, this is something to check for. Right, right, right. Unless you do like club music, that'd be like an easy end, but I don't even know how to do that shit. Like, shout out to all the people to do club music because yeah. they be doing a good job. Cause I can't do that shit. Yeah, I I try to dance, but it don't look like dancing to other people, <laughs> you know. So, shit. Well, anything else you wanna
0: mention about what's coming up or anything like?
1: Um, basically for all the new shit that we got coming out, check the 83 Cutler SoundCloud, uh, 83 Cutlass Twitter. Sometimes I take pictures of shit on 83 Cutlass Instagram. And for all you motherfuckers that wanna book me. All you motherfuckers that want to book me 1983 Cutlass at gmail.com. I would fucking appreciate it. Even if it don't pay, if it's gonna be pretty decent, I would do the shit. Let's go. All right, man. Well, thanks so much, man. Hell yeah, that's what's up. Alright,
0: thanks again to 83 Cutlass. See you next week.